Hello, and welcome to the Sensibly Speaking podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me into your home this week. And it may well be (laughs) that that's the last time I actually say those words. Welcome to the Sensibly Speaking podcast, because this uh, is our last episode of 2023, and it will be the final episode of this podcast under the name The Sensibly Speaking Podcast. In 2024, I'm going to be rebranding, renaming this podcast, and I'm going to be calling it the Speaking of Cults podcast. In fact, we'll just call it Speaking of Cults, dot, dot, dot. And uh, then we will, you know, have the same basic show that we've been doing all this time. And in fact, I thought we might take some time today to do a little retrospective, but I needed to make this announcement straight away so that y'all are not confused when, come the first week of January, you do not see a new episode of the Sensibly Speaking podcast drop, but instead see this new thing called Speaking of Cults with Chris Shelton drop. And that's what's going to be taking the place of this podcast. Now, you're not going to need to resubscribe, unsubscribe, do anything. You don't have to change a thing. I will be changing the name of the podcast, but it will still be going out on the same podcast format, in the same RSS feed, on the same platforms. Nothing's going to change on any of that. I'm going to be setting all of that up through December, and it's really just going to be a name and face change, kind of a facelift. And for, uh, for you know, to explain why, right, why, why the big change, well, um, that's because this, the name of this podcast uh, doesn't really reflect the content of this podcast. I mean, it is a sensibly speaking podcast, but that doesn't really tell anybody anything about what, why to come and listen to it or what we're going to talk about. And while I try to make up for that in the title of the podcast, and I've worked very hard to come up with clever titles and catchy titles and things that will get people's attention, um, that still, the title of the podcast doesn't, it never gets, like, for example, no one ever, it never occurs to anybody to put my podcast in the list of cult podcasts. Yet this, this podcast is very clearly and easily recognizable as a cult podcast. But nobody ever includes it in any lists of podcasts. And it's not because it's not known about or I'm not known about. It's the title. It's sensibly speaking. It doesn't have anything to do with cults. And I talk about cults a lot. I talk about coercive control a lot. And we'll, you'll see as we move on that it won't just be cults, of course, just like it hasn't only been cults that we've talked about. But everything's going to have a cult twist, uh, as it always has. And so I wanted the title to reflect more accurately what we're really doing here. And that's why the change. I think it's pretty easy to understand, and I'm sure you do too. Um, now, in terms of a little look back, and I, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I, I thought you might have a little bit of fun with me uh, looking back at our history and where we've been and what we've done on this podcast, because I was a little surprised when I looked at some of the numbers. Now, this podcast first aired, the very first episode of this was on August 22nd, 2015. I have been podcasting since August of 2015. In fact, it was eight years and three months ago to this day that the first podcast posted. And um, I find that amazing because I don't do seasons. Uh, You know, a lot of these uh, podcast outfits out there get away with (laughs) 
you know, they do 10, 12, 15 episodes in a year and they're done. And I feel, you know, uh, that's a little <laughs> because I've been doing it every week uh, consistently for eight years and three months. And uh, we've missed an average of about three episodes or three of those weeks every year, two to three. Uh, so I have been working on this thing dedicatedly weekly for eight years, and that is a long time to be podcasting. It was 415 episodes of the Sensibly Speaking podcast. That's what this one is. And uh, I never imagined when I started doing this that I'd have that much to say or that many people to talk to or that it would grow and keep going the way that it has. And it's really been awesome. I, of course, want a larger platform and a larger audience to be able to reach more people. And the reason for that, uh, you know, a lot of people might think, well, this is your money. This is your living. You need, you know, that kind of thing. But that's not what it's about. It's about helping people and reaching people who need help. Uh, one of the biggest things that I've heard from people who have reached out to me over the years has been, you know, thank God I finally found you or thank God you coincidentally fell into my life somehow so that I could get this information so that I could get the help that I needed so that I could get out of the horrible abusive situation I was in, whether it was in a cult or a relationship or a job or a club they were part of. I have heard it all over these years. And it has warmed my heart every single time to be able to, to be there for those people and to be able to help them. And that's what this is about. And if I, and I, and I, I really want to be able to reach more, right? Because there's so much help to give out there. And there are so many people who need it now more than ever. Um, so anyway, so I hope you'll, I hope you'll help me grow that, but we've grown to a decent size and we've gotten some really good stuff done over these years. Uh, everything I just said included and, um, and also featured some pretty interesting guests and people on this podcast. I was looking back over the guest list over all the years and my goodness, you know, from the secular community to the psychologist, to sociologist, to neuroscientists, to, you know, things having to do with entertainment, of course. Um, from Aaron Raw to Peter Bogosian, Rachel Bernstein, uh, Dr. Laura Anderson, uh, Natalie Feinblatt. I mean, so many psychologists. Of course, many episodes with our, our wonderful friend, John Atack. Um, anyway, a lot, a lot of stuff here. And even Leah Remini was on my podcast once, which was very fun. So, um, so it's been a journey. It's been a hell of a journey. And all of the time that we've been doing this, uh, we have been charting steps of my own personal recovery along the way. All these talks, all these discussions, all this education has been for me as much as for you, uh, to be honest. And hasn't it been quite a journey? Haven't we learned a lot? And, uh, you know, one of the unfortunate things about YouTube and, and having to use that platform to get this work out there is that it's a transitory platform and is viewed by most people who use it as something that they just kind of fly by night, run through, watch a video, they're entertained and on they move. And they don't realize that channels like mine are actually a, a permanent library of information for you. Uh, some people, of course, will come to my channel and binge watch and go down the Chris Shelton rabbit hole. And I'm always happy when they do because there's so much here for them. 
And that's really the point is I want to encourage any of you listening or watching right now who may not be aware of that fact that, you know, most of the podcasts uh, that I've done over the years are evergreen. They are still just as good today as the day that we first aired them. And I thought you might be interested to know that uh, when the first, when the podcast first started back in 2015, uh, sensibly speaking, 1.0, uh, we it was part. I was partnered with a friend of mine, and and uh, and for those of you who go all the way back there with me, Ruth uh, McLeod is was her name. She and is her name. She's still a very good friend of mine. We'll be seeing each other this weekend. And uh, we partnered together, and we're uh, broadcasting sort of out of my living room and uh and recording and um even did a few interviews in there we she and i uh did almost a full year of podcasting we did 11 months she she, the 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 final episode of that uh was in july of 2016 and on july 23rd of 2016 is when sensibly speaking 2.0 started and if you've ever wondered about that image or logo that I use and why it has 2.0 in it. Well, that's why it's a, it's pretty dated. Actually, I probably should have come up with a new logo by now, but I just loved it so much. I kept it, (laughs) uh, but you'll definitely see a new logo coming with speaking of cults. So, uh, anyway, yeah. So Ruth and I were doing this podcast and the reason why we changed it up and why I decided to go solo and move forward that way was because Uh, of the format, the way we were doing the show. And uh, when we started doing the Sensibly Speaking podcast, it was a news reaction, current events reactionary sort of podcast where Ruth and I would discuss and share our opinions about news of the day having to do mostly with the secular world and sometimes dipping over into the cult world as well. And me bringing my knowledge and experience and her bringing hers. And she was a social major uh so she had some sociology experience and knowledge for us and we had a decent time a good time talking about that stuff and i always thought it was fun well no nothing wrong with any of that except for the fact that i'm also kind of big on critical thinking and part of critical thinking is realizing that you don't have all the facts your opinions and ideas about something are going to be pretty stupid and pretty skewed Uh, Because you don't know everything you need to know. And if you don't have all the information, coming to conclusions or coming to uh, decisions or opinions about a thing is actually rather silly. Um, Because you don't have a good basis for coming to a final judgment on a thing. You just don't know. And one of the things that became abundantly clear during that time was how hard it is to say, I don't know. How hard it is to acknowledge that we don't know and how hard it is to simply sit and wait for new information. So what would happen is when Ruth and I were talking, we would be discussing some news story that had been breaking sometimes even that day. And a week later, two weeks later, a month later, new facts would come to light that would totally change everything. Totally change the narrative, totally change the point, totally change who the bad guy was. You know, and and it might well have been that we were pillorying some person who never did anything wrong at all just based on the immediate reactions to the story that everybody was having. Well, that's not really the kind of show I wanted to run. Um, I want content. I want to put stuff out here for you guys that, that will always be good. And I realized that the further out we got on, you know, talking about stories or talking about uh, events that we didn't fully understand or couldn't even fully understand because it hadn't all come out yet. 
that that was creating a, um, a, a lack of good critical thinking in our conclusions. Um, but it was also putting me personally on really shaky ground because I like to be, and especially after, you know, all the way back in 2015, I was a little bit even more on this kick of feeling like I needed surety and certainty. And I wanted to, you know, believe in and say true things. And so when I found myself pushing agendas or pushing ideas or, or, or opinions that were not, I didn't really mean pushing agendas. I don't know where that came from, but opinions or ideas based our conclusions based on what we had been reading or seeing and that I was wrong and I was wrong, you know, like sometimes uncomfortably. So I went, well, this is, this is making me feel like I'm standing on shaky ground right now. I don't really feel sure of what I'm doing. And if I don't feel that, then I, that's going to reflect in the quality of what I'm trying to do. And it's not going to be any good. And, um, and that started really harping on me. That was really, really, uh, being a problem. And so I decided, okay, well, look, what am I on solid ground on? What can I talk about with surety and certainty? And what can I talk about that isn't going to be different next week or next month because new facts come up? What kind of things can I talk about that, that I can share in my own growth and journey, share from the big wide world, interview other people about, hmm, <laughs> what should I do? <laughs> so... That became, sensibly speaking, 2.0, where I decided that I was going to focus more definitely on cultic activity and trying to do interviews and shows that would highlight various aspects of that. And as, as the years went on, you know, in 2015, I, I barely knew what coercive control was as a term or as a concept. I knew an awful lot about cults by then, but not everything. And um, and so the learning and growing that's been happening through this podcast, uh, you hopefully have seen over the years reflect in a higher and higher quality of podcast where the, you know, the depth of conversation we can have and the level of facts that we can go over and the conclusions we can draw from those facts can be more sure and be more helpful to people. And, um, and maybe we can talk about things that go beyond just one cult, like Scientology, and we can start talking about things that apply across all of them. And, and it was always in that effort that this channel grew and the podcast grew to try to take all of that in and do a better and better job of it. I think I've succeeded at that. Uh, there have been a lot of fits and, you know, uh, ups and downs in this journey, like there always are. Um, you know, there have been errors made and there have been, um, even one time I even pulled a podcast cause I was like, nope, I can't let that sit. Right. I got a couple facts totally wrong. Uh, not surprising cause I was talking about something that week that I didn't really know much about and had to do a lot of research on. And that had to do with gun control and, uh, and the, um, the second amendment and that sort of thing. Right. And so in doing the research on that, I hit on a couple bad sources and was like, oh boy, so then I had to go back and reshoot it and, uh, and get that stuff out of there, right? So, so we haven't run into that too often, thank goodness. Um, but I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to have a podcast here where I wasn't going to feel like I was on shaky ground and where when I said things to you guys or when my guests did, we could be reasonably sure that we knew what we were talking about and, and not 
not, it's obviously not the case that we could never be wrong uh, because I've been wrong many times and so have my guests. But we're always, it's always been an honest effort to try to inform and help. And that's what counts. That counts, uh, at least for me, it does. Um, so here we are now moving forward. Um, I wanted to say a few other things about moving forward because I'm going to be taking December off uh, for relaxation, refreshing the battery, charging the batteries, refreshing the viewpoint, um, maybe getting over a little bit of burnout, right? As just like I did last year, uh, took some time off last year. It was really, really good. And I'm hoping for a repeat performance this year. Um, so I'm going to rest, but it's not going to just be rest. I will definitely be getting work done, uh, over that time. Also, uh, I just won't be able to help myself. I know I will, but it's going to start with me taking a little, uh, time away from, uh, going out to California to visit family. I'm really looking forward to that and just giving myself some days of just doing nothing, right? As I think we all need those days. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's, that's why they call them vacations, right? Well, that's what this is for me to start with. And then I will use the rest of the time to figure out how to hit the ground running hard in 2024 because I have lots of schemes and plans like I always do. One of the other things I'd like to comment on is that um, it has been revelatory to me over the last uh, couple months, uh, having gotten a diagnosis of ADHD, that it explains so many things to me about my behavior over since I was a child and some of the bad habits that I thought I had, some of the laziness I thought was plaguing me, some of the disorganized thinking that was constant in my life was always blamed on other things because I never acknowledged or even understood what ADHD is. Um, I didn't even, you know, and some of uh, memory problems and things. I mean, these were real confusions for me and real problems through my entire life. And I had no framing for it or understanding of it other than to devalue and invalidate myself for my mistakes and for my shortcomings. And society, of course, has its share of blame in laying this in because, you know, prior to people understanding this as a neurological problem, this has been the source of an awful lot of insults and derision and and finger pointing at people who literally have no way to act differently than the way they're acting. And that was the revelation, right? That was the thing that was quite needful for me to come to realize because I've been beating myself up for years over, you know, things that um, that in some ways I just could not overcome. Now, it's not an excuse to not, you know, necessarily get things done or lead a decent life or be immoral or any of that kind of nonsense. And, um, and I would never even think to use it for any of those reasons. But I wanted to talk about this because I wanted to share with you, because I think some of you might also, you know, be able to relate, that we can blame ourselves and we can be down on ourselves and we can do an awful lot of negative self-talk. And really be, you know, uh, talk to ourselves in our minds and in our inner monologue in ways that we would never let other people talk to us, you know, in very, in, in, in very insulting ways. And that has been, you know, a problem for me for years and years and years. And I found recently that one of the actual reasons, not one of the bullshit made up, you know, nonsensical reasons that I've had, but one of the real reasons for that has been this ADHD problem. 
And, um, and again, not as an excuse to not get things done because I do get things done. I get a lot of things done and I am actually pretty good at getting things done. But sometimes it happens in fits and starts. And sometimes I just can't make something happen even when I desperately want it to. And, uh, and then you just have to wait or you got to focus on something else or you got to, you know, do some sub part of that that you can deal with, if not the whole thing, right? Or you just put your attention on something else for a little while. Or there's lots and lots of coping mechanisms and ways of getting around this and managing it and dealing with it. And I am only now starting to learn what some of those or what all of those things are. Organizing my life differently and things like that. All to overcome the the problems that that condition presents. And if you want to look that up and, you know, maybe in the new year, while we're all, while we do talk about cults on this podcast, maybe we could talk about some of this too, not to make this an ADHD podcast, but simply to talk about how confused I have been over the years about some of the things that I assign to cultic stuff, which in fact was ADHD stuff. And wasn't that interesting and confusing for a good long while, or how cults and cult indoctrination can amplify and then suppress <laughs> your ADHD symptoms. And believe me when I tell you that when you're suppressing that, it's not helping. <laughs> it only makes it worse. And that's uh, its own level of problem. So, you know, it's possible that more than one thing is wrong with a person at a time. And again, you know, as you realize these things and as you come to learn about them and as you sort of accept it and, and, and take it in and go, okay, how do I manage this? How do I deal with this? It really, you know, it can be quite a shift in your life and in your lifestyle. And that's how it's kind of been for me uh, more recently with this. And I wanted to, you know, and I thought, again, I thought, I uh, hope that some of you can relate to this. And, um, you know, it, it, in terms of, um, I'm not going to do a whole rundown right now on this because this isn't an ADHD podcast, but, uh, you know, the, the, the inability to remember what you were just doing or saying mid-sentence sometimes you know, I was wondering if I was having early onset Alzheimer's. I was really concerned. Mm, no, actually, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> you know, guess what? Executive dysfunction includes memory dysfunction. Uh, in a, a complete inability to be interested in, you know, doing what I know I should be or need to be working on for my job, right? And just some days... It's, and it's not emotional, you understand. You know, there's emotional reasons for that, too. People can have depression. People can have other problems. But this ADHD thing, it can really hit you between the eyes where you want to do a thing, feel a desire to, and you just can't get yourself to do it. It's, it's, it's that simple. There really isn't anything more to it than that. But the amount of complications it causes you trying to figure out what's going on here and not knowing what's going on and then coming up with false reasons why it's going on and very, very self-invalidative reasons why it's going on. Oh, boy. 
that can be a tough one. And so, you know, and so, um, you know, some of you may remember me talking over the years about, for example, how hard it was to learn how to relax. It took me years to learn how to relax after Scientology. And yes, that had everything to do with the work ethic and culture of the Sea Org, but it also had to do, you know, again, with some executive dysfunction, right? With some ADHD type, type stuff where um, it, things just don't come together the way we're taught you're supposed to, the way it does for other people. It doesn't for some of us. And, uh, and that can really get in the way of things, and it can make things really, really difficult sometimes, you know? Even relaxing, uh, not just working, right? It, goes, it, it's a, it, it spans your entire life in lots and lots of interesting and sometimes not so wonderful ways. But, um, but it, but it meshed in with, with the cult stuff and the, and the psychology stuff in such a way that I couldn't, uh, ignore it. And, um, and fortunately living with somebody who is aware of it and knows about its symptoms and, and has been, uh, my, my wife I'm talking about, of course, and has been managing and mitigating and dealing with it herself, um, you know, that's how some of the symptoms became apparent to me. And that's how that kind of became clarified. And so um, I guess I'm bringing all of this up because it's a kind of in a way, in its own way, this is a new onion layer for me. Because while we can assign things to a cult and strip the layers of that off, and we need to, we must do that in the course of what we do. But at the same time, we need to also accurately spot and deal with other issues that we might have, which are amplified or suppressed or otherwise modified by our cult experience or our trauma or our coercion experience, right? And, um, and all these things can kind of come together in a really, you know, awful mess <laughs> in our heads and sorting it out and dealing with it and taking it apart, um, you know, it can be interesting, it can be confusing, it can be difficult, right? So I'm sure some of you out there might be able to relate to some of what I'm saying, and I certainly hope so. Uh, so we might explore more of this in the coming year as well, as I learn to, you know, uh, manage and deal with this all new reality. So there's that too. And none of this, not one word of this is an, is any plea for sympathy or any effort to try to get any of you to go, oh, poor Chris, not one bit. I, I am not any kind of, you know, it's not like that for me. This is just an acknowledgement of a situation that I didn't even know existed. That's the point. And, you know, if it could happen to me as introspective as self-processing, you could say, as I always am, constantly thinking about thinking and thinking about my own thinking. You know, if that kind of thing can elude me for years, then, you know, I, I, there's just no way I, I can be alone in this boat. So anyway, I wanted to share that as part of this last uh, episode of Sensibly Speaking um, and as part of the, uh, the ongoing journey of cult recovery. I really wanted to, I guess, wrap up for the holiday season by saying that I wanted to thank all of you for your support of my show and my channel and my work I, um, and me. Uh, recently, um, 
you know, if, uh, if it, like recently there have been some tumultuous events in the ex-Scientology world that have been quite dramatic. And I imagine it's probably going to continue to get a little worse before it gets better. But a year from now, this will all have passed. And, um, and this too shall pass. And I am, uh, I am not going to, you know, dig into any of that or try to get into any of that. Uh, it's other people's problems. And, uh, I hope that they are resolved. And, uh, for me though, it's been quite tumultuous because my own channel and my own life has taken a hit on all of that. Um, you know, it can be difficult when a large group of people decide that, you know, you're an evil person and, uh, and that's rough. That's a rough one, right? But you can, you move on and you get past it. And like I said, this too shall pass. So I wanted to say in this, you know, in this hol- in the spirit of the holiday season, right? That compassion, care, understanding, and tolerance are where it's at. And um, and we really need to exhibit that these days now more than ever, right? And beyond any ex Scientology world, you know, nonsense. There is just the fact of our divided world and, uh, and all of the reasons we all have to feel divided and to feel like we should be at each other's throats. So the holiday season hopefully is a time when we can maybe realize or, or re-realize that not, none of that's super necessary. <laughs> and getting along, while harder to do, is so much more productive for all of us and so much more helpful to all of us. And we can do so much more together than we can do apart. That, that is the most plain truth I know how to say. And so I hope that the rifts and the divides and everything that are happening can be healed somehow. Um, and I hope that for where they can't be or where it's not desired that they be, that we can move on in peace and with some degree of understanding that that way goes that way and this way goes this way. And it's, and it's kind of okay that that be that way. You know, we don't have to fight all the time. And one other thing that I wanted to cover for you or with you in this uh, end episode here for this year is my consultation services. And while this might be a little commercial in nature in terms of me plugging a service, I also wanted to just say a few things about this um, because um, I want people to understand what it is that I do and what I'm not doing. I am um, a, uh, I guess you could call me a psychologist in the UK or in Britain, but I'm not a therapist. I'm not a licensed counselor and I do not offer therapy. And nobody's ever made that mistake. Uh, when they contact me, you all get that. But there are people out in the world or out beyond my channel who are saying that I'm presenting myself as a therapist, and I am not. And I've never, ever, ever once pretended to be. And it really, really annoys me that I am mischaracterized that way because I have never said anything other than the fact that I am not a therapist. I am somebody who consults. I'm not a life coach either. I'm not here to rah-rah you. Uh, consultation is education and information and support. And that's what I do. I can offer listening and support with an understanding ear. And I have done so, uh, I think pretty successfully so far, no complaints. And I can offer education and information, uh, both from my experience and my education. And, and there's a lot there and there's a lot to cover when it comes to a post cult education or post cult recovery and process of that as we've been doing over all these years. And, um, 
and we can help, right? And then also, of course, there are those of you out there who have family and friends, and you're listening to this right now because you have family and friends who are in a cult, and you don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. You're like, everything you've said doesn't work. It's only pissed them off. It's only made things worse. Maybe they've even disconnected from you. You don't know what to do. You can reach out to me. You can contact me. We can talk about it. All right. So I have that service out there for you. And it's all through my website, mncriticalthinking.com. Or you can reach out to me by email at askchrisshelton at gmail.com. And uh, we can take it from there. So I wanted to put that out there for you guys. All right. Uh, now it's time to go off and I guess have a little vacation. Uh, so I will see you guys again. You'll hear from me again in 2024. Remember, it'll be under a new title. I will make sure I get my name in that title as well. So you'll know it's me. And, um, and I look forward to what we might do together. All right, guys. Bye-bye.